Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire Northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our August 5th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We're now in our eighth year. Can you believe it? We've been on the air now for eight years, large in part for our sponsors, and thanks to you, too, for your interest in the, in the uh, podcast. We always start our podcast off with a prayer. I think that's the reason why we've been on the air so long. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, we thank you for letting us start our eighth season of Monday Night Football. and pray that it will be a productive one, that we'll continue to uh, give these kids and uh, the soccer community the voice that they deserve and um, so that people don't have to be digging around everywhere just to find out what's going on in youth soccer in the Gulf South. Pray that you continue to bless this show and uh, if you want it to be on the air. In Christ's name we pray, Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay. Well, if you are a really, really serious soccer fan of Louisiana soccer, you know what this weekend was. If you're just a normal soccer fan in Louisiana, you probably don't know that this was our annual general meeting. Okay, um, it was. It's it's usually very, very well attended, and um, uh, it was really uh, worthwhile to go to. And we're going to try to do our best. I don't know if I can do the best job possible. Uh, uh, but I'm going to try to do my best to explain to you the policies that were changed in the Louisiana Soccer Association for this year. Okay? And uh, I'll do the best job that I can. I'd love for uh, people who are on the executive board of LSA, uh, if you want to give chime in. And um, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but if you listen to our show uh, on Crescent City Sports via the Anchor app, you can actually leave verbal messages to me and uh, and. I could, you can contact us in that regard or of course you can email me or direct message me uh, at Monday Night Football that's at M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L and we'd love to have you on the show okay uh, we're not at the point yet where we can have live phone calls but we're working on that and uh, uh, we need sponsors for that and so if you're interested in sponsoring you can get in touch with us in the same manner okay what a lot of people were worried about in the annual general meeting uh, was the last thing we voted on and people thought and I was bracing for it that we were going to be there forever, okay? Uh, the meeting went quite long. Uh, it usually does, and uh, but sometimes it could go a whole lot longer uh, than normal. And a lot of people were, were at the, were at the uh, venue uh, to talk about uh, policy 305.7, better known as the Louisiana Player Development League. And I'm going to tell you what... Um, the way we behaved during this process was admirable. I've been to AGM meetings where things just cavalcated out of control. And Sean Esker, as our president, did a magnificent job of keeping us focused, uh, not in ADD moments where we're reaching out to the stars or whatever, or just venting. Um, he kept us on target. To, to He knows the Robert's Rule of Order better than any human being I know. I still can't figure out Robert's Rule of Order. And uh, it's a very confusing process of, of, uh, of running meetings uh, in an efficient, professional manner. And I appreciate that. And we all did. That's why he won and he ran unopposed for his position. And 
Uh, anyway, somebody nominated immediately an extreme nomination. Okay, they called attention and they said basically they wanted to eliminate the entire policy. And I was like in shock when I heard that. And I think a lot of other people too were in shock. But it was seconded. And then we went to a discussion about it. And nobody was allowed to get off task. Uh, there were many, many amendments that we were going to work through that probably took us three or four hours uh, to, to work through as to the, the ways to tweak the Louisiana Player Development League. And by the way, for those of you who are novice uh, fans of this show, Louisiana Player Development League was an attempt to try to get our top-notch teams to play top-notch teams and, and not waste weekend time playing teams of, of average caliber okay um and the word elitist and elite got used a lot uh in the development of this league but it was a, it was the desire of it was very noble our louisiana teams um usually get their teeth knocked in in the national competitions okay uh we had two teams go to nationals this year in u.s youth soccer as we reported on our last show and i think they did quite well but we still have not won one okay uh we won u.s club soccer which is i think a little different animal um but uh no u.s youth soccer um uh, awards because really it's kind of hard to get out to memphis san francisco orlando and play these top-notch teams in these top-notch areas. Dallas is we can get to Dallas and Houston, so that keeps us, you know, at least near the watermark. And uh, anyway, it was called into question. Everybody spoke their mind. Uh, I think very, very well. Uh, we didn't rant and rave. And then it came to a vote, and it was overwhelmingly approved that we should eliminate the entire four or five-page policy. So. I don't know what that's going to do to uh, uh, to the staff over at LSA. Uh, uh, I know what's going to happen is they asked for us to have extreme patience uh, in the uh, Louisiana um, Competitive Soccer League schedule coming out because now this is going to throw all of that for a loop and everybody's just going to have to be patient. And if you did want the Louisiana Player Development League to continue and you weren't at the meeting, well, shame on you. Okay, uh, we had a majority, we had a quorum, and those people who voted, voted, you know, and, and this is what they voted for. So, um, very efficient meeting. And uh, what we're going to do on the next segment of the show is go over the little tweaks uh, in Louisiana soccer. Some of them are kind of funny, um, but the other stuff that we talked about uh, from from the early, from after our breakfast to, uh, to past lunch, really. And uh, we'll, get, we'll let you be aware of it. But this show is not free. We have to pay our bills. So we're going to break for our commercial. And when we come back, I'll talk to you about all of the other uh, amendments that passed to the Louisiana Soccer Association uh, policies. Okay? On Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Okay, we'll talk about the rest of the amendments that uh, was at the Louisiana General Meeting uh, held in Metairie this past Saturday and Sunday. And I, I want to just tell you what I think the meat of the problem is, okay? Um, 
I might get some grief for this, uh, but that's not going to keep me silent. I think the main problem that we're having right now is we have so many startup clubs and that aren't even registered with the LSA. They're umbrellaed under other established organizations, and they're kind of just running wild out there not knowing the LSA policy is. And, of course, the the, the uh, benefits of umbrellaing a team is you can take some of their revenue and help it develop your club, and there's really no overhead that you have to provide for them. Uh, but one thing LSA made very, very clear this weekend, that whatever they do, the, the club that is sponsoring them is responsible for them, okay? And... And uh, uh, they should know that before the umbrella. I have umbrella teams before, and I've watched them like a hawk, okay, whenever I did umbrella teams. And um, I don't know, I think things are just kind of, kind of, this. Um, you know how the stock market has to correct itself occasionally? Uh, I think the, the, um, the atmosphere of Louisiana soccer is asking right now for some structure and and some some uh, control by the top and by the people who are allowing all these umbrella teams to happen so that uh, LSA policy will not be uh, ignored and that uh, you can expect if you're coming from another state and you're playing a Louisiana Soccer Association team you can expect a certain standard of behavior um, and uh, code of ethics to be followed Okay, one thing I did like about uh, Sean Esker and Tucker Reynolds, our executive director, and um, that a lot of people were just thinking that the LSA is just looking down and trying to come down hard so they can raise money. And uh, one thing that was true about almost every time there's going to be a fine assessed for for a fraction, uh, it is always worded in the way that shall be or could be. Okay, so if, if a member club really does something, or let's say if I have an umbrella team under my club, Soccer Innovations of America, and I want to uh, umbrella a team, let's say Laplace, uh, uh, I have to keep that team under control. I have to be able to keep my eye on them. I have to make sure that they're following LSA rules. If they don't, I'm going to get a phone call from LSA, and they're going to tell me, just inform me, like, look, this is happening. It's under your watch. If it happens again, we'll assess the fine. Now, a lot of people were afraid that the fine will come first as a punitive measure, and then we'd go from there. And that's not the way LSA operates. They're here to encourage growth. And one thing good about the umbrella teams is that it seems like that's encouraging, in some cases, more players playing. I would say in the New Orleans scenario, that is not the case. Okay, uh, I think it was with my club. Um, we were servicing a, a demographic that was not being serviced before. Um, with the Chicago Fire kind of splitting up in New Orleans in this last month, uh, with Julio Paez being, uh, uh, leaving the club, and now they have only one coaching director. Uh, we have upstart clubs like Jefferson Paris Soccer Association, which is going to be ironically an East Bank club practicing on the West Bank in Bridge City. Uh, there are five coaches from Louisiana Fire that are moving out, and they're kind of taking our model, uh, Soccer Innovations model, and trying to get the, the price of soccer down. We're talking about down to like $30 a month. 
uh, which which is admirable. I think what they're going to find out, though, is if you want to really compete in national competitions and the like, uh, you have to have financial backing or a good fundraising arm. Uh, but I, I do think that's part of the solution if you're going to um, have teams and uh, we need clubs in areas that uh, – that are not serviced and I think the intent of LSA is to help those grow and to kind of just stop the insanity that's always been out there with somebody who doesn't like coach so-and-so in their club so they want to start their own club okay it used to be hard to do uh, I had two years of probation now a lot of clubs uh, or I mean I'll keep them nameless there's a lot of clubs out there who just don't want to put in the time and go on to probation they want to they want to compete now and and uh they'll just say hey can we umbrella with you and and i think we've created a monster with that don't 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 be surprised if of these latest rules that we just put into place and amended aren't really followed well uh you could have some opposition to umbrella teams overall in the next agm i'm warning everybody okay uh get your umbrelling another team you've got to keep them under control okay all right so uh, anyhow uh, y'all that's basically i mean i'm gonna read you all these these rules but basically that was the spirit of it as far as i could tell uh i, I might be totally wrong uh, um maybe everybody else had, had a different idea but from my lens that's what i saw anyway uh First thing, background checks. Y'all, background checks are just ridiculous now, okay? Especially in light of all the horrible events that happened in the past weekend. Uh, background checks are needed more than ever. If you're going to have an adult around youth, and these background checks now are just getting to be expensive. Uh, it, it's roughly... Uh, it costs almost, it's really around $21 for a background check that used to cost three. There's no way in the world LSA can absorb that cost and charge clubs what they've been charging them uh, for, for the recreational and, um, and uh, competitive teams. So how are we going to pay for these, um, these charges? There are many ways that we were talking about it. But um, it's basically going to now come to the club, okay? If, if I'm understanding how how it works, this is what was passed. An event that a minor plays on, on uh, or for an adult team of any length of time whatsoever, all adult players, coaches, and staff members associated with that team must submit a background check through LSA's registration platform. The cost should be $20 for background search, and such invoices shall be payable directly to the background search vendor or LSA's registration platform provider. Okay, in other words, uh, you just can't have any willy-nilly person uh, um, on the sideline. You have to have a background check, and you're going to have to pay for it. And uh, one thing that was really emphasized in the meeting was uh, heaven help you if you put an unlicensed uh, or, or, or coach that has not been been cleared uh, among players who are under 18. Okay, there's going to be absolute hell to pay with doing that, especially in this safe environment uh, kind of um, mode that we're in. And by the way, uh, coaches have to pass the background check every year. I'm about to do mine again. And uh, uh, that that is tedious, but it keeps us at least as safe as we can be. Okay, anybody can go nuts at any time when it comes to wanting to just uh, – 
I don't know. I don't understand criminal behavior too much, but uh, you know, some people people do change. Uh, but at least this kind of helps us to to keep our finger on the pulse of, of these people, whether or not they're obeying the law. Okay. All right. The uh, the next policy really wasn't a big deal. It was about guest players, and um, uh, the player in a recreational program of their existing club. Um, uh, is allowed to play up. I mean, okay, there's no wrong, nothing wrong with that. And it's up to LSA to determine that no improper recruiting has transpired and that the transfer is in the best interest of the player. The player's existing team uh, sends to the transfer. Okay, so it gives clubs a whole lot more um, um, latitude there in order to allow players to uh, help their club, especially like if things happen where they need talented players um, and whatnot. One of the problems, though, is um, U11 and U12 players, okay? If a U11 player is that good and wants to be moved up to a U13 team, okay, uh, they can't head the ball, okay? Which I, I can tell you this. I'm not a really big fan of, of, of this policy of not heading the ball, uh, primarily because it just teaches really bad habits that I think will lead to more concussions later. Okay, uh, uh, that, that's just my two cents on it. I, I think uh, heading has been it's been proven over and over again that that uh, heading the heading the soccer ball, especially at the youth level, is not a really traumatic event. Uh, but anyhow, that's not the the politics that are that um, reigns uh, in our society today. So look, the, if you have a ten-year-old superstar that could probably play on a thirteen-year-old team. They, they really can't, okay? Uh, they cannot do that, okay? Um, and they have to follow the heading rule. And uh, anyhow, I, I think the way the rule worked, it was supposed to be no player 10 years of age and younger may be club passed to a team 13 you or older. And the, and the problem that we had with this, though, is the way we determine the age matrix now and how a person can be in one age group for three months and then another age group that can head the ball in the next in the next seven months. So uh, we just try to clarify all, all of that language, but just to make sure everybody understands that under no circumstances can a 10-year-old head a ball. All right, the next policy was uh, ethical standards uh, uh, with players and uh, use of alcohol at LSA events. Okay. Uh, how can I say this? Tailgating is an art form in Louisiana, and it's never going to stop at Saints games and LSU games and the like. But it has no place in youth games. It really doesn't have any place in high school. I think high schools are going to have to start looking into this a little bit more seriously with all the tailgating going on, because with tailgating comes alcohol. And there was this one club, Louisiana club, that just their, their parents kept tailgating with alcohol. And it just creates a horrible environment on the sidelines. You know, in youth soccer, most of the fans are right on the field, you know. And and uh, and they're loud-mouthed enough without the alcohol. With the alcohol, they're kind of out of control. And so um, I, the, the, it basically said that, um, that if you're going to – if you're going to have an LSA-sanctioned event, alcohol and tobacco cannot be anywhere around. Now, I was one of the uh, uh, people who raised my hand to let them know that something that's happening in New Orleans 
is some of these clubs are renting out stadiums so they can have their adult teams play and they have their youth teams play in the morning beforehand you know to try to increase uh i guess um um, fans coming to the games and they're selling beer okay and other alcohol um they're icing it down and it's and it's it's all around and i asked him to am i supposed to report these clubs and i kind of got a a very passive yes and if that starts to happen in new orleans there's going to be a lot of heads rolling but uh but alcohol cannot be permitted in in youth sports it just cannot okay the next policy that changed was um if you're going to have private training a lot of a lot of uh, coaches make some serious dollars i charge forty dollars an hour i was kind of shocked to find out Sunday that coaches were charging $70 an hour for private training. There's nothing wrong with private training, but there's two things that you gotta got to understand with it. Number one, LSA insurance does not cover anything that goes on there. It's a private endeavor, okay, and uh, uh, anyhow, uh, if it's going to happen at an LSA-approved facility, which it usually does, some other adult, hopefully the parent, is within clear visual distance to make sure that child does not get offended um i was at a function um today and i could see espn running a story about this ucla uh i think that's what it was talking about you know another one of those sexual abuse cases that we've had in, in the uh in the 70s and 80s and anyhow um in light of all of that i mean minors cannot be left alone with, with an adult without another adult being able to see okay uh like if your kid goes to a school and their school the school does not have classrooms with windows in them that's in clear violation of most of the ethical uh standards of education and laws i mean no adult should have private access to a minor period okay um anyway that passed overwhelmingly um uh, the alcohol part was really kind of funny, uh, the way it was uh, talked about. Anyhow, then we went straight to an ugly thing, uh, the whole idea that there are some high school coaches who are uh, putting undue pressure on their players to play for their club, okay, and so they can keep their teams together and to get them to gel, okay. Uh, it's a recipe for success that's been used since the beginning of LHSAA soccer, all right, uh, uh, where can I go with that? Um, I think it's unethical and really just undue for a coach to do that. But there are laws, and then there are laws. Okay. In other words, there are some things that are that are illegal and obviously illegal. Um, but there are some things that are not being stated, but are happening anyway. In other words, if you want to make a high school excess team. And there's 40 people trying to make that team. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to think that to get the political favor of the coach, you might want to go play for that coach's club instead of play for a rival club. So that way he can look at you or she can look at you in their favor. And um, uh, anyhow, the the policy was changed to read um, anybody using in any manner whatsoever one status as a high school coach to pressure or unduly influence a player to transfer from one club to another. Um, and, of course, that would have to be proven. It can't just be hearsay. Uh, and we actually talked about also um, 
ODP player, ODP coaches doing the same thing. ODP coach, all ODP coaches come from some club, and if he buddies up to some superstar player in ODP, or she does, and uh, tries to unduly influence them to, to change clubs, I mean that that's just that's not fair. And it's and it's these kids are just still that their kids, their brains are not fully developed, and it's easy to manipulate a child. It's easy to brainwash an adult, let alone brainwash a child. And uh, we need to give these kids a chance to be kids and not to look at them as methods of profit. And and so LSA did their best with that. Um, how they can enforce that though, I I, I don't know. I don't know, but I would just encourage all you high school coaches out there, there are ways, especially in the summer, to get your kids to play together and encourage them to play together, and, and I do that, okay? Uh, uh, but my kids know that they can play for any club they want to at De La Salle. It'd be nice if they played together. I encourage teams to get a, a coach that's not affiliated with the school to keep their team together so they can get a gel together and, and and get a good mix i mean that's just that that's common sense i mean that was the recipe for most of the state championships of the 90s um, um and really in the new orleans area until louisiana fire was uh was was born um usually certain high schools went to certain clubs it was it was a known fact anyhow so let's see what that does um i hope it i hope it uh, i hope it really opens the eyes of most of the coaches who are out there All right. Uh, the next one I'm just going to read to you. It's about suspensions. It says all suspensions for misconduct resulting in an ejection from an LSA league or state tournament game shall be reported, administered, and served by the individual injected, ejected. Excuse me. Regardless of whether the game is completed or subsequently forfeited by either team, no individual ejected from any game shall be permitted to evade the full or any portion of the consequences of such an ejection. Similarly, no individual suspended for persistent misconduct uh, um, shall be permitted to evade the full or any portion of the consequences of such suspension. All suspensions shall be served in their entirety. Okay, I think that speaks for itself. All right, and uh, and I think that's it. That is it. Okay. Um, other business that happened uh, was something that a lot of people saw that was long overdue. Um, most of the board was, um, I think, take that back, all of the board um, was was able to keep their jobs unopposed because uh, because of the fact that nobody wants these jobs. I mean, they're no zero pay and a lot of a lot of anxiety. And if you know somebody who is on the board, you need to hug them. Okay. Anyhow, uh, they needed a member at large for club, large clubs. Like it or not, large clubs face different issues than smaller clubs do. Okay. And uh, um, Lafayette Soccer Association uh, nominated Michael Rich, and uh, I think it's called North Baton Rouge, uh, uh, nominated our former director of coaching who just stepped down, Orlando Cervantes, and uh, and it, was, it looked like it was a close race. We weren't told the numbers. But Michael Rich wound up um, getting elected, and and I, and I say it's long overdue that he gets an official role within the state because let me tell you something, he does a magnificent job over there in Lafayette, and uh, not just with a club, but hosting, being really the backbone of hosting the uh, state championships for LHSAA at ULL as well. So congratulations, Michael. I might try to get you on the show one day. Anyhow, 
Whew. Well, club season obviously is is underway. I got practice tomorrow night, uh, and it's going to go on till Thanksgiving for the young ones, until high school for the older ones, and uh, and let the games begin. Okay, uh, I want to just put a shout out out there. If you are a coach or a fan, uh, we're going to be doing our high school um, preview shows coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, uh, if you think. If you know of a child who needs to be highlighted, that we should be watching out for what they do this year or a team that has an exceptional chance this year, please um, either instant message me on Twitter or our Facebook Live page. That's M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. Or, or again, if you're listening to us right now on Crescent City Sports app, um, just go ahead and leave me a verbal comment or uh, you can give me a fully written one on LA Prep Soccer if you like to. I'm A. DeRitter, okay? So there's many ways to get in touch with me depending on what kind of social media you like to use. I can't keep up with them all, uh, but those are the ones that I do keep up with. Well, I wish all of you the best. Uh, enjoy your club time and uh, the clock's ticking for high school, getting closer every day. Anyhow, carpe diem in Christ uh, and may God bless you and your families abundantly. This is Coach Alan DeRitter saying goodbye.